Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Well, good morning. It's good to be down here with you big people. You can leave here saying that the, the preacher has called you big. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to call you old, too. Old and big. Because I'm usually hanging with young and little. <laughs> it's fun to hang with young and little when you're old and ugly. Okay, Don't say that's right. <laughs> All right. It's good to be here today. And I want to thank you for being here today on this Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day is one of the, if you will, most popular holidays, if you want to put it in the category of holiday, there, that we have in our country, right? You know, I know Hallmark is really happy about this day. You know, next to Valentine's, there's probably no other day in the year where there's more cards purchased and given to another individual other than Valentine's Day, but Mother's Day. So that being said, there's probably no other person in your life who's been your biggest cheerleader, your biggest encourager, your biggest pusher, if you will, in your life than your mom. Now, this is not a Mother's Day message, but mom's going to be mom's going to play a part in it. I love my mom. Mom's, my mom turned 79 this year, and I love her dearly. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said. I am, everything that I am, I owe to my mother. Is that true of you? It's true of me. Because of the sacrifice, dedication, and love that she had for myself and my brothers and my sister. We are who we we became because of her great influence. So, you know, our moms... Push us, encourage us to go further, to do more. Hang in there, don't give up, keep working at it. Go on and on and on, we can, you can do it. Our moms are great encouragers. But I wonder as we age and we go through life, as we leave childhood, we re-enter our teen years, go into adulthood, go to college, then to a career, marriage, children, that somewhere along the way that we begin to settle for less than what we were made for. I think many people do that. Settling for less than what God intended. That is the question I want to burn into your mind this morning. And I want you to ask yourself this. Have you settled for a life that is a little bit less, a little bit short of, not what it could be, not what it should be, not what God desired for it to be? I have wondered if we have believed the great liar, and of course that's Satan, so many more times than we have believed the great truth giver, God. Because Satan wants us to believe where you are in life is really, is cool. Just settle right here. Stay right here and live your life. There's no need to do better in this area or go further here or improve in this area. Just stay right here and and everything's cool. 
I think far too many times we settle. We settle for that lie from Satan. Again, we probably have no bigger cheerleader in our life than our moms. And as I was preparing for today, I got to thinking, did I meet the goals that my mom had set for me? As I left childhood and went into my teen years and became an adult, did, did I meet mom's goals? Did I measure up? You know, what, what? wonder what she thinks, you know, how things turned out. I went to see my mom last night because well, Emily wanted to see her and because of Emily's schedule today, we would not be able to do that. So we went to see my mom last night and I didn't ask her that. <laughs> I was afraid of what she might say. <laughs> But I've wondered about that, if I, if I settled. I've also wondered this week, not just if mom believes if I've settled, I wonder if God has thought that I've settled. That I have entered into a sense of contentment and a sense of ho-humness at this stage of my life. So I want each one of us to ask this question. Have I settled for less than what God made me for? Am I living the life that God made me to live? Maybe I have been settled. You know, would, would mom be satisfied with me? Would, would some of my teachers be satisfied with me? I'm sure you, you can probably recall some great teachers you had, you had in school. Would they be satisfied? Would they be happy? Would they think that you settled in life? So I've wondered if I've settled a little too soon, a little short of what could be, should, should be. If you don't hear anything else in the room today before you leave, I want you to hear this statement. You were made for more. You were made for more than where you currently are. So how do you get from where you are to where you could be to where you should be in life? Well, the, the answer is really simple, and I'm going to move this basket before I step off the stage and into the basket. And I embarrass my mama. <laughs> so how do you get to from where you want to be from where you are? Well, that's really, actually really simple. You plan ahead, right? How many of you in here are procrastinators? Be honest, you're in church. God knows. <laughs> I do not. I despise. It is one of my pet peeves to be late. Those of you who have been in my small group know that Daryl does not start late. Daryl starts on time. If you're not there, it's your fault. It ain't my fault. The clock stops for no one, right? But so many times in our lives, we wait. Oh, I'll take care of this two weeks I'll take care of that. that ne- I'll take care of that next month. When I get to that situation, I'll, when I encounter that bridge, I'll cross it. You've heard that before. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Well, guess what? There's a lot of things that influence how you cross that bridge. I think they have a word for that. It's called life. So you plan ahead. I want you to take out your updates. That's this thing right here. (laughs) And if you'll open, you'll see the inside there. It says, ahead at 80. Ahead at 80. 
Now, some of you in the room are, a lot of you in the room are much younger than I am. I want you to imagine your life at 80 years of age. 80 years of age. We're going to go through this little exercise here. I did this. I sit down and I wrote out my life at 80 years old. I do not expect you to do this right now. Okay? You're not going to have time. I want you to take this home, spend some time thinking about it, and write some stuff out. Because again, you have to plan ahead. You have to. So we're going to go through this. I got this idea from a guy by the name of Todd Duncan. He wrote a book one time called Killing the Sale. Killing the Sale, S-A-L-E. And his thought in the book is that to get over here and to end up over here the way you want to end up and the condition you want to end up, you have to plan ahead. That makes sense, doesn't it? It makes perfect sense. So he came up with the thought and the exercise here. Okay, if I want my life to look like a certain thing, a certain, if I want my life to look a certain way at 80 years of age, I have to do things from this point forward, from today to 80, I've got to do certain things. So here we go. Where do I live? That's your first blank. Where do I live? Now, some of you may, have never, may not even be thinking about that today. Where am I going to live when I'm 80 years old? You may be in a rest home. <laughs> you better treat your kids right because they decide where you're going to go. Where do I live? Okay, here we go. Here's Daryl. I have lived in North Carolina all my life, and for the most part right here in good old Caldwell County. I love this area. Close to the mountains, far away from the beach, which I like. Great people, great weather. All my relatives are close. My closest friends are here also. The friendliness of the folks is what I love about this area. I never tire of coming home when I've been away. Sandra and I raised our children in this area. This is home. At 80... I'm still here living in this area. Who am I with? That's the next one. Who am I with? Of course, I am with my wonderful wife, Sandra. At 80, we have raised the kids, spoiled the grandkids, and likely have great-grandkids by now. I will spend some of my days corrupting them. Ha, ha. Sandra and I still love being together. We love the outdoors. We go to the mountains often. We take walks hand in hand. We're living our days together. And how God has blessed us all these years. At 80, we will have been married for 59 years. And let me tell you, Sandra still can't keep her hands off me. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I may not be as fast as I once was, but I still love to chase after her through the house. I am, more, I am with the one I have loved since our days in high school. The one who brings me a smile to my face like no other. Our love is as strong as it was the day we said I do. The next one. What have my children become? What have my children become? And this is hard for me to wrap my mind around, okay? 
when I am 80 years old, Adam will be 54. And Emily will be 49. Emily didn't like it at the first service. They are now both married and have wonderful spouses. All the prayers and sacrifice and work that their mother and I poured into their lives has paid off. They both have children. And it was such a joy getting to see them go through the adventures of raising teenagers. We loved every minute of it. They live lives of integrity at home, work, and relationships. By this time, Sandra and I would have spoiled Elliot and Haddon and those yet to be born as their pops and Grammy. Adam and Emily honor us by still coming to us for advice and counsel. We love our children dearly. What am I doing? What am I doing? What will you be doing at 80? At 80, I still love the outdoors and I still find peace and relaxation in the woods waiting on God to wake up his creation. I live for the springtime when I can chase turkeys. In the fall, I will be chasing deer with my grandsons. Some days it's a struggle to keep me on the four-wheeler at my age. But I hang on as they drive through the woods after they have used three bungee cords to get me on. Some days it's Adam and I, we sit in the hunting blind because I can't climb trees anymore, recalling all the memories that God has given us. Some days it is me and the grandkids or great-grandkids. They are hard at work trying to keep me awake sitting in the blind. Some days I sleep in. Some days Sandra and I will go on day trips. Some days I will come to the offices of Day 3 Church and encourage the pastors and the leaders in the church to go farther, to keep living for God and keep leading others to Jesus. How do I feel? At 80, I feel joyful, hopeful, and fulfilled. As I have moved through life, I was overwhelmed with God's blessings and provision. I feel good about my past. The energy that God gives me each day is driven by the fact that I know that there are still people who need to hear that God loves them and that he has a purpose for their lives. So let me ask you folks, when you look back at 80 years old, what will you see? What will you see? Will you see a life of regret, a life of Wrong decisions, wrong turns. What will you see? Because what you see is determined. Get this. Don't miss this. What you see will be determined by what happens from today forward to 80. That's what you will see. The end product is what you will see based on the construction time, if you will, right now. Because the decisions you make, where you live, who you live with, where you live your life, for what purpose do you live your life, from today until you're 80, will determine what that looks like. So we're going to dive right into some scripture. Let's look first of all at the mystery of faith. The mystery of faith. 
Most of our scripture today is found in 1 Corinthians. Let's look at these verses right here. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the, of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And we're going to skip in now to chapter 2. And I, this is Paul speaking, by the way. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but... In demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet, among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Speaking, of course, of Jesus. But, as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Even the depths of God. This journey that we are on, our life journey and our faith journey, is full of mystery. None of you, as far as I know, have at home a crystal ball. You don't, you don't know what's hap- going to happen, you know, next week or, you know, two years from now, 20 years from now, up until you're 80 years old. None of you know that. I don't know that. It's full of mystery. We don't know what's ahead. What will our lives look like when we reach 80 years old? We don't know what that looks like. It is a mystery. Life is full of them. But let me tell you, there are some things that God wants us to know that, that are not a mystery. He wants some sureties for you to know when you walk out this door today that they are true. Here's the first one. God loves us. God loves us. You can be sure of that. You need to know that. Well, Daryl, how do you know that? Well, I could say the Sunday school answer and say, well, it's in the Bible. It is. <laughs> That's the Sunday school answer. It's in the Bible. Okay. But you want to know how I know that? Because I know the love of God in my own life. Not just because the Word of God tells me. It's because I've experienced that love. I know that love. I've accepted that love. And many of you in this room have also. Of course, John 3.16, everybody knows that verse. Most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world. And you can put your name in there in that blank instead instead of the word world. You can say, for God so loved Matt. For God so loved Darren. For God so loved Daryl. That he gave. You give people you love things, stuff. But God gave his best. Showing his love to us. God loves us. That's one thing that I can be sure of. That's not a mystery. And I've experienced that. The next thing that I know of that is for sure it's not a mystery is that God makes a way for us. God makes a way for us. 
Well, what's the way? Well, God's Son, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. So God makes a way for us. And God invites you to his family. He wants you to know that he loves you. Jesus invites us to join him. You may be here today and you needed to hear those very few words that I just spoken. God loves you. You may be here today and you've had a terrible, rotten week. And you think and feel in your heart and life that nobody loves me. Yes, they do. God does. God loves you with an everlasting love. A love that will never end, will never fail. You may, be, you may be here today and you needed to hear that God makes a way for you. He does. God does make a way for you. I've always heard verse 9. I want David to go back to verse 9. See it there at the bottom? I've often heard this verse preached uh, in such a way that Paul is speaking here of eternity. Heaven. Okay? But I wonder and believe that this verse is also applicable to today. May 11, 2014. Let's read that with that in our mind, in that context. But as it is written, what no, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. May 11, 2014. Tomorrow, May 12, 2014. No, it's not entered into your mind or your heart, nor have you even imagined what God has prepared for you tomorrow. Next Monday, May 19th. We can't imagine that. That's amazing. God has made a provision. God has made a provision. That's number two. I love these verses right here. I don't know how many of you have a life verse. In other words, your life verse is your favorite verse in the entire Bible. John 10, 10 is my life verse. Jesus said, the thief came only to steal and kill and destroy. I came. Jesus talking. I came. Why did I come? I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. I love chocolate cake. I like extra icing on my chocolate cake. Abundant icing. Now, one of the reasons I went to see my mom last night is, was, of course, Mother's Day. And Mama, for all of her kids, my two brothers and my sister, she makes our favorite dessert for our birthdays. Daryl's is chocolate cake with milk chocolate icing. Oh, my. Sandra and Emily know not to touch it. And Mama piles the icing on. And, of course, I gobble it up. It'd be a shame to let that go to waste. I love the abundance. I love living life abundantly. And guess what? You can only live abundant life through the one who gives the abundant life. Amen? You can't live it in your own efforts. You can't live it in your own Working, if you will, it comes only from Christ. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2.9. Looking at this verse again. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. 
I sat down this week and I tried to think of a way to put that verse, to word that verse in such a way that I could remember it really easy. Just, you know, where I could bring it up to my mind, just like that. This is what I came up with. You'll see it on the screen. I have provision you know not of more than you could ask or imagine. That's God. That's God talking there. Over and over, this thought rang through my mind and my heart this week. I have provision you know not of more than you could ask or imagine. God has provision for you. You may be sitting there saying, well, Daryl, how can I move from where I am to where I need to be? I have provision you know not of more than you could ask or imagine. The power of God, that's how you do that. How can I get right with God, Daryl? I'm not right with God. I've not settled the eternity question with God. I have power you know not of more than you could ask or imagine. That's how you get right with God. That's how you enter into a relationship with Jesus. Well, how can I turn my life from what I've been living? How, How can I turn from that life? I've not been living the way I should. I have provision you know not of. More than, I, that more than you can ask or imagine. Listen, I don't know how you can do it on your own, but I do know this, that God has provision for you and I to turn to, and that provision has a name. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. You can get on mission with God, and you can start to live for Him, start living a life that really counts, and you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle where you are at this point in your life. Continue doing the same old thing day after day. Getting up at the same old time. Pushing the clock. Getting up. Get dressed. Eat your bagel. Cup of coffee. Out the door. Work a job. 8, 9, 10, 11 hours a day. Come home. Take a shower. Eat supper. Go to bed. Wow. If you're doing that day after day after day after day after day after day, doesn't it kind of feel like you've settled You get in that routine? You get in that mode of, there's nothing, this is it. This is my life. And if you have that attitude, I will just say, you have believed the lie of Satan. Because you don't have to settle. Don't settle for anything that is less than what could be or what should be In other words, God's best. God's best. Now, I want to share something that took me three days to come up with this week as I was preparing. And you're going to be shocked. Where you are is where you are. (laughs) I like it. Where you are is where you are. Some years ago, I got a call. When I was doing youth ministry, I got a call from a young lady in the youth group and said, Daryl, I need to come talk with you. I said, cool, we'll talk. And uh, she said, my mom's probably going to come with me. And I said, okay. So her and her mom come and, uh, and sat down and we talk. And uh, someone who was very active in our youth group uh, at the time, not here, another location where I was serving in the early 90s, She sat across the table from me, across from my desk, and looked at me. She said, Daryl, I'm pregnant. And 
I got up, I hugged her, and I cried with her. And I said, uh, I called her name, and I said, what happened? <laughs> this is her exact words. I don't know. Uh, what, what, huh? You don't know? You don't, you don't know what happened? Did somebody force herself on you? No. You, you, don't, you don't know what happened. I said, you, you got there. You got to this point because that's the way you were headed. You didn't end up there by accident. Now, I'm not, please, do not hear in my words, do not hear in my words, do not mistake me belittling her or putting her down. I was telling her to help, saying the things I was saying to help her understand that the reason that you're pregnant is because you did not take steps to prevent that from happening. In other words, that was not God's best for her at that point in her life. And if you want to disagree with me, we'll sit down and talk. And we'll talk. <laughs> Where you are is where you are. You did not end up at this point in your life by accident. If you want to end up over there, you best point your feet that, that direction. And you better stay on course and stay on track. And do not let yourself be distracted. Do not run in any, into any guardrails. Do not run in, in any, to any trees, if you will. You've got to keep your feet pointed over there. If you want to be a great parent to your high school senior, and they're right now in the third grade... You've got to take steps right now to get ready when they're a senior. Dads, if you want to be a great father and give your daughter away at her wedding, someone that she's going to be proud to walk her down the aisle, you've got to live today so that she won't be ashamed of the man who's gotten her down the aisle. Where your feet are pointed, that's where you're heading. And if you want your life to be and, and look a certain way when you're 80, you've got to take steps now to arrive at that point, to arrive at the picture that you want your life to look like. So I must ask, have you settled too soon? The teenage girl that I told you about a moment ago, she settled. Because she did not choose God's best. No way, shape, or form did she choose God's best. Thank God she had the child. Thank God she is raising the child currently. Thank God for that. But she settled. Have you settled? Because, you know, God has made us for more. Would your mama, I told you about mama, would your mama say that you have settled, that, you, that you're satisfied? Would your teachers from school, those of you who are adults, would your teachers from school t say that you have settled? Oh, but I got to ask, would God say, you have set, would God say that you have settled, that you've settled in life? Would God say that Daryl has settled? I have provision, you know, I have more than you could ask or imagine. 
Jesus gave his life on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. I tell you what, if you give your life to Jesus, you give the rest of your life to fulfilling the high call of God on your life. I tell you this, the rest of your life can be the best of your life. The rest of your life can be the best of your life. It can be. It can be. I don't know about your past, but I do know as of this day, if you came in here without God, without a relationship with Jesus, without hope, you don't have to leave here without God and without hope. You can leave here today with the assurance that God loves you. You can leave here today with the assurance that you have provision you know not of more than you can ask or imagine to face the rest of your life. I wonder, have you settled? Have you settled? Number three, the invitation. This time of year, there are lots of invitations going out and, and announcements, announcing and making notice uh, special events in, in people's lives. For example, summer is a popular time for folks to get married. You know that, right? There's high school graduation announcements going out this time of year. College graduation announcements. All kinds of announcements and invitations. Special announcements. You know what I know about invitations? That the person sending you an invitation thinks enough of you, love you, like you, respect you, enough to even send you that invitation. You're special to them. That's why you get it. You mean something to that person. Well, let's look at this invitation from Scripture that Jesus talks about here from Luke 14. He says, But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. And I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Mm. 21. <laughs> so the servant came. And reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. Maybe that's the folks who should have got inv invited to begin with. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of, these, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Now, there's two things about an invitation that make it really, really special. I could give Callie here an invitation to a special event. Okay? But that invitation that I, that I have in my hand doesn't mean anything until Callie accepts the invitation. She takes it from me. Just as this story that Jesus was telling here about the, the master. No one accepted the invitation. They were aware of the invitation. They heard about it. Hey, you're invited. You can come to this banquet. We're going to pig out. But they didn't accept the invitation. They chose not to for whatever reason. 
it was presented and they were invited. They didn't act. They lost out. You ever heard the term, you snooze, you lose? That's what happened right here. These people were invited and lost out. In a few moments, I'm going to invite you to accept an invitation that God has for us here today. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to get an opportunity here in a few moments. An opportunity to sit at the Lord's banquet table. For those of us who have already accepted the invitation but have allowed things or situations, circumstances to keep us from receiving the full effect of the invitation, you may need to make a decision to renew the invitation. Either case, everyone in this room needs to realize that God wants us to enjoy the best things about the invitation. Well, not only is the accepting the invitation really great, but the next thing is just as cool. The benefits of the invitation. The benefits of the invitation. For you see, once we ex- accept it, accept Christ as our Savior, we know the benefits of that acceptance. And that those benefits are pointed out in these verses right here from Matthew and 1 Peter. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do any of you ever get tired of just being tired? Oh boy, I do. I do. I get tired of being tired sometimes. But this verse right here, Jesus says, come to me. All who are labor, who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The type of rest that God gives us is like is unlike any other rest that we can get anywhere else. And then these verses here from 1 Peter. Here's some more benefits of the invitation. Probably the most important. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Why? That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but now, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your of your souls. So how can we be dead to sins and do what's right? I have provision you know it all of more than you could ask or imagine. You're going to be hearing that a lot the remainder of this time. I have provision you know it all of more than you could ask or imagine. He came, Jesus came, so that we can accept the invitation and enjoy the benefits. You can turn to God. Hello, and you don't have to settle. Don't settle for less than what God has created you for. Don't settle for less than God's best. Don't settle. See, I know this for everyone in in this room. God has a high calling on your life. Well, how do you know that? (laughs) He created you. We are the crown of his, his creation. He has a high calling on your life because he sent Christ for us on our, for our behalf so that we can have a relationship with him. He is the provision. Jesus is the way. He is the provision. He is the invitation. He is the benefit of the invitation. It's all about him. Let me tell you, I don't want to live a, live a day without Jesus Christ. I don't. I need him. Look at me. 
I don't know how you do relationships right without Christ. I don't know how you manage your life right without Jesus. I don't know how you stay on mission without Jesus. I don't know how to say no to stuff that I should say no to. And say yes to stuff I should say yes to without Jesus. I don't know how to do that without his help. You don't want to know why? Because I'm a sinner. I'm imperfect. I don't know what's best for me. He knows what's best for me. And the sooner you come to that realization and accept that truth that he knows better for you than what you do for yourself, life will be so much better when we accept that truth. Every day I ask for his help. Every day I say, God, help me. I need your help in this area. God, help me in this area. Help me do this. God, put your hands on me. Give me your direction. Give me your guidance, God. Well, some of, you, some of in this room may have never asked for God's help. I'm going to invite you in just a few minutes to, to do that. To accept what he did for you through his son. Accept the payment made by Jesus for your sins and turn your life over to God. You may say, well, Darrell, my life's so messed up, you have no idea what my life has looked like. No, I don't. But I know one who does. And I know one who wants to give you rest from that messed up life. And I know one who wants to make a provision that you know not of more than you can ask or imagine. So that you don't have to settle. So that your life today until the time you reach 80 will be lived in such a way that when you get 80, your life is what you want it to be. But that only happens when you don't settle. Listen, I thank God that my youth pastor when I was 15 years old did not settle. What are you talking about? He did not settle that all the church kids, they grew up in church, they was in church from the time they were in the womb until the time that, you know, they became teenagers, was very active in church as a child, was very active in child as a, as a teenager in a youth group. He did not take advantage, he did not settle and was satisfied that everybody knew about Jesus. So therefore, he comes to me one Sunday after church. Daryl, can I come see you? Can I come visit you uh, in your home on Tuesday, Tuesday evening, maybe after school? That'd be good. That'd be okay. Sure, you can come see me. His name is uh, uh, Herbert. Herbert Gray, he's on, going on with Jesus now. Her, Herbert said, can, can I come see you? Sure, you can come. He did not settle. He came to my house, sat on my living room couch with me and my brother, and sat right there and explained the plan of salvation to me, told me how I could accept the invitation and enjoy the benefits of the banquet. He did not settle in thinking that all the church kids knew about Jesus. And let me tell you, you don't have to settle. You know what happens when you settle? It impacts others around you. Well, how do you know that? <laughs> Listen. If you are a member of Day 3 Church, a regular attender, and you're settling in your life with Jesus, in your Christian walk, guess what? You're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting Day 3 Church. You're not only affecting Day 3 Church. We're going to keep going with this. You're not only affecting Day 3 Church. You're affecting this community 
who does not know Jesus. You're affecting a community who has settled to live a life without Jesus or a life less than God's best. So it's important, wouldn't you say, that we don't settle? Hmm, I think so. Darrell, you don't understand. My life is so messed up and it's scarred and it's battered. I have provision you know not of that. You know not of more than you can ask or imagine. That's Jesus. There was a song out a few years back entitled Touch of the Master's Hand. And I can't remember who actually who performed who wrote that song, performed it. But I went and watched it this week on YouTube. And man, I remember I loved that song when it came out and I still love it today. I I got the lyrics for you. And I want to read those to you. And I want you to think about if you believe that your life is so scarred and messed up that nothing can be helped. I want you to listen. Well, it was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer felt it was hardly worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. Well, it sure ain't much, but it's all we got left. I guess we'll, we ought to sell it too. Now, who'll start the bid on this old violin? Just one more, and we'll be through. And then he cried out, one, give me one dollar. Who'll, who'll make it two? Only two dollars. Who'll make it three? Three dollars twice. Now, that's a good price. Now, who's going to bid for me? Raise up your hand now. Don't wait any longer. The auction's about to end. Who's got four? Just one dollar more to bid on this old violin. Well, the air was hot, and the people stood around as the sun was setting low. From the back of the crowd, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. He wiped the dust from the old violin, then he tightened up the strings. Then he played out a melody, pure and sweet, sweeter than the angels sing. And then the music stopped, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, he said, Now, what am I bid for this old violin? And he held it up with the bow. And he cried out, One give me, one thousand. Who'll make it two? Only two thousand. Who'll make it three? Three thousand twice. You know that's a good price. Come on. Who's got a bid for me? Then the people cried out, What made the change? We don't understand. Then the auctioneer stopped. And he said with a smile, It was a touch of the master's hand. You know, there's many a man with his life out of tune, battered and scarred with sin. And he's auctioned cheap to a thankless world, much like that old violin. But then the master comes. And that old foolish crowd, they never understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought just by one touch of the master's hand. And then he cried out, give me 1,000, who'll make it two? Only 2,000, who'll make it three? 3,000 twice, you know that's a good price. Come on, who's going to bid for me? And the people cried out. We don't understand. What made a change? Then the auctioneer stopped and said with a smile, It was the touch. That's all it was. It was just the touch of the master's hand. You can put your hand 
in the master's hand, Jesus, and quit living a life where you've settled and became satisfied. So I wonder, have you settled? Don't settle. Don't settle. You were made for more. You were made for God's best. I invite you today to give your life to Jesus Christ. Give your heart and your soul and your mind for something that is greater than yourself. Now, I think most of you in this room have already asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But I may be getting ready to describe you, though. You will know enough if I'm talking about you. Because Satan has a way of confusing and tricking the believer into thinking that if you have the eternity question answered, you can just now sit back and cruise. Now, don't mistake Daryl's saying that heaven or hell, that decision is not important. I'm not saying that. It is important. It's your eternity at stake. But if it was just heaven or hell, why are we still here? I mean, if, if Jesus saved you and you're still alive, why are you still alive? Why not just God take us home? Heaven's my home now. This earth ain't my home. God, come get me. Why am I still here? Oh, I'm sorry. I bet I know the reason. It's for others. It's for others. It ain't about you no more. It's about those who don't know. It's about, for, it's about those who, who don't have the eternity question answered. And as a believer, if you have settled, you may be keeping some folks from saying yes to the eternity question. Does that make sense? So, as a believer, you should not settle. I should not settle. We were made for more. And when we said yes to Christ, He changed us to get on mission with Him, to serve, to do, to go, to tell others. Don't settle, believer. Do not settle. I want you to consider that question. Have I settled? Reflect on your own life. So this response time is for two folks. <laughs> and it describes everybody in the room. <laughs> you either have never accepted Christ, and therefore you have settled. You're happy and satisfied with the life you have. And where you are is where you are. And the way your feet's pointed, that's where you're going to end up. And if you don't look like and desire yourself to be there, you better turn around and accept the invitation. The other person in this room that the response time is for is for the believer. So that's everybody. What are you doing with the benefits of the invitation of being a believer? Have you settled? Or are you serving, doing, living for God, being on mission with Him and for Him in your world? Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all you've given us. Lord, we ask that you impress upon our hearts and minds in these moments, God, the question. 
Er war sehr gut. Er war sehr gut. Help us to thank God. Is my life right now the way it is? It keeps going that way, God. Help us to think, is, it, is that what I want it to look like later on? Well, we ask that you help us to make decisions today. That you give us courage and grace and strength to take that next step. Which in Christ's name I pray. Amen. In the song that we sung before I spoke, began speaking, if you'll recall the lyrics in that song, it talks about different stages of life. From the cradle, it talks about being at the cradle, from the cradle. It talks about the graveside, that's two ends of life. It talks about the mundane things of life. It talks about weddings, that's happy times. It talks about the cry of a newborn child. That's a happy time. All those areas of our lives as we live up to 80 years old, are they, grace is there. And those, that life, those years can be spent, live for God. The question is, do we settle for less? Than God's best. I want to shut up because I don't need to say any more. You know, and I think God's speaking to you today, what your next step is. I will be here. If you need to come speak with me, I, I welcome the opportunity to do so. If you need, uh, you'd like to, for me to pray with you and for you, I'll be glad to do that as well. I'm here to serve you. As John sings this song, worship with us and respond accordingly. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.